to see you, and it's great to be with you. We have uh, several of our congregation members back here that are sick, some of them long-term, some of them guys that have just come from going around one kind or another, so do keep them in your prayers. Uh, but we are blessed today to be able to come together and worship God and praise and give honor to the most holy of all, and what a great blessing that is. We are glad for each of you that are here. This is our friend and family day, and it seems like we need that, especially in the winter months when you don't get a lot of gatherings and stuff. Uh, but it is good that each one of you are here. And as always, if you're not usually with us, you will meet first uh, spiritually on God's Word. And when we say the final amen in here, we'll be physically back there on also something God has supplied because God supplies what we need. And so uh, we're going to look at a few passages together today, and I'm going to slow down, and if they're not up here on the board, you'll be able to turn to them, but um, I want you to see what God's Word has to say. Uh, so as this passage, I'm going to get back to it right after the first passage I'm going to mention um, this morning. If you turn with me over to 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15, listen to this. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul says, among whom I am foremost, he said, man, I'm the chief of sinners. But I want you to see the purpose for which Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said Jesus has come into this world for to save sinners. Jesus would say that himself and is recorded for us in Luke 19.10 that he's come to this world to seek and save that which is lost because sinners are lost. You must become a saint to be saved. Scripture will tell you how to become a saint and what that says. But he's come to this earth to save sinners. So he's got a job cut out for him so then jump over to the passage that Tim read for us in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, especially verse 4. We'll jump right to it. God, he desires all men to be saved. Now, so Jesus came to the earth not to do miracles. Jesus didn't come to the earth for someone to have annual remembrances of his birth or his resurrection. Jesus didn't come to this earth um, to make a name for himself. Matter of fact, God gave him a name. We'll see that here in a minute. But Jesus came to the earth. The primary purpose Jesus came to the earth was to save sinners. And God, his Father, the Almighty God of all that is, desires all men to be saved. Now, that does not mean all men will be saved. That's his desire. It has to be your desire to the point that you're going to obey the message he gave us. So I want you to think, so I guess the question is, if that's what he desires, and that's the words he's saying, so what is the plan, that's the title of the sermon this morning, what is the plan that God has set out to save us? Well, if you... Turn with me to another passage here real quick before we start breaking this down a little bit. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. 
In Romans 1 and verse 16, I want you to see this. First, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Listen to why, one of the reasons he says this. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. He doesn't care what your nationality is, how much money you have, what your level of education is. He, he's come here, and the gospel is that which contains, which is the power of saving you. Only the message, it isn't right because your mama says so. It isn't right because Kimball says so. It's going to get down to what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? So my commitment to you is today, I'm just going to give you what the Bible says. I'm telling you people, the religious world, so-called churches, even all around this area, try to change what the Bible says about God's plan to save you. If God's going to save you, you have to follow his plan. When Noah built the ark, did he have to follow God's plan? Did it have to be built by a certain dimension? Did he have to use a certain kind of wood? What would have happened? Changed it. What if his wife said, you know, one wind is not enough, honey. You've got to give me three or four women. He had to say, honey, you only have to use one wind. That's what God says. And if you're not going to be happy, maybe you don't have to write about it. You know, so... Uh, you can look and see, that's how it has to be. It's that plain with God's plan of saving us today. It's that plain and that simple. When I was a boy, I learned about God's plan of saving man for one last Sunday. And I learned it right here on this hand. And we'll get to it in a minute. I learned there's one, two, three, four, five things that must be accomplished by us to be saved by the blood of Christ. The first one I learned on this finger. And it's about before you can be saved, before God can save you, you must hear the message that God has given you. If you don't hear it, you can't know it. Now there are a bunch of passages, and we're just going to mention a few of them real quick. Uh, some of them we know, many of us know pretty but over in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if you're going to have faith according to God's plan, where does that have to come from? The United States Supreme Court? Does it come from the church? It comes from hearing God's word. So that means someone's going to have to teach you this. It's going to have to be proclaimed. You have to hear. We've studied this in a class just a while back on this. You're supposed to hear it. Half an ear, let me hear it. Don't let your hearers fool you. But I know you got ears. If you got ears, you know why the Lord gave them to you? So hold your glasses on. No, he gave them to you so you could hear. I remember hearing statements like this when you talk too much. You know the reason God gave you two ears and one mouth is because you ought to listen twice as much as you talk. But Jesus would say, if you've got ears, then hear, and we need to hear what God says. Jump with me to John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. The apostle John, again, the message is from God, not from John. But he's going to record for us here the purpose 
for the entire book of John. I always like when they tell me why they wrote what they did. He says first, verse 30, there are many other signs, miracles, which Jesus performed in the presence of... Do we have in the Bible, do we have all the miracles that Jesus worked? No, and they're not written in this book. But the Gospel of John contains more miracles than the other Gospels. But it doesn't contain them all. I don't, I'm not worried about what they contain. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. So why did he write the book? So you would believe it and ultimately be saved. So he wrote it so we could hear it and believe it. Biblical belief gets to the idea of faith, which leads to the idea of not just believing something, but living according to what it is by even obeying it. But as I said when we started out, so we've got here, but I said when we started out with here, here's what happens so many times. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to read 6 through 9 real quick this morning and make maybe one point of it. I can come back to it. But Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Here's what happens. Yeah, the Bible says that, but this is what I do. Well, if I didn't do what God said I needed to do to be saved, am I saved? No. What if I did it in the wrong order? No. You got to do what it says the way it says it. Now, if I had time, we would spend time all the way back in the Old Testament through the New Testament to show you people that decided they wanted to do it their way instead of God's way, and some of them were burnt with fire from above, struck dead. I mean, it's you can even be that you just don't. God said, "Speak to the rock," and you strike the rock, you don't go in the promised land. Why'd you put that ark on the cart when you're supposed to be carrying it? Reach out. Don't reach. God, do what God says. Even if, I believe the man meant well to try to stop the ark from falling. Was meaning well? Is that good enough? So you got to hear what the Bible says. Well, we'll just change it a little bit. You know, I've always heard that half the truth is still the truth. Galatians chapter 1. Listen to how frank. The Holy Spirit is with this. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 1. I am amazed, talking to brethren there, that you are so quickly deserting. Well, anyone who served in the military knows that um, if your papers when you leave the military said that you were dishonorably discharged for desertion, that is not a You brethren are deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort, the King James says pervert, same thing, the gospel of Christ. Here, listen to this. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so we say again now, if any man is preaching you a gospel contrary to what you've received, he is to be accursed. 
Now, we're going to look at the Bible and get what it takes to be saved by God. I'm going to give you the book, the chapter, and the verse. You're going to, you can look at it there. You can look at it in your Bible. You can write it down and look at it later. If someone says that's what it says, but that's not what we do, they perverted the gospel. They stand, I don't make it up, they stand accursed before God. Now, there's another way to spell accursed. It's spelled H-E-L-L. They're hellbound. I don't care how religious and how good they sound, it can't be different than that. Wow. So that's so you gotta hear it first. You guys know the statement I give my mama told me growing up all the time and told my family members, and it's so true. If you know the truth, there's value. It's when you don't know the truth, you can't figure out what the truth is. There's no one to tell you the truth then it's so easy to deceive. If you watch the news or you get online and you read everything about, I don't care what it is, something happening in the world, something happening in the health industry, something happened financially, and one guy tells you one thing and you fall for it. And one guy tells you one thing and one doesn't. What's the truth? I don't know. It's confusing. It's confusing because you don't know the truth. And you maybe you can't know the truth on those issues. But on this issue, about whether or not you're saved, God gave you a book with the truth. I, I'm going to look at Pastor Mike Brown's sermon in seven minutes over in John chapter 8, and we're not going to get into it right now. So you got to hear. And once you hear, just hearing isn't enough. You've got to believe. Now, most of us know this passage because we quote it a lot, John for God so loved the world that he gave his begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world. He came here to save sinners, right? We looked at that first. God wants all men to be saved. Does it take belief in Jesus to be saved? Yeah, but you got to believe what the Bible says about it. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, I should have time to look at Hebrews 11 and verse 6, but verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Can you please God if you don't have faith in God? Can you have faith if you haven't heard? Oh, I wish we could read some more right before Romans 10 and verse 17. How can they believe unless they hear? And how can they hear without a preacher, without a proclaimer? So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Wow. So you must have faith in what the Bible says about Jesus isn't right because you think it's right. Now, you might think what's right, but it isn't right because I've told you before, and I think that bumper sticker, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Get rid of the middle line. It's true. God said it, and that settles it, whether you believe it or not. That's how important it is with the Bible. So look at another passage on how important belief is. Go to John chapter 8 and verse 24. God, I'm not going to read and then we're going to move on to two more passages. But John chapter 8 and verse 24, listen to what Jesus says. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, that's God, unless you believe I am God, I am the Son of God, 
you will die in your sins. Is there a problem dying in your sins? Do you know Romans 3 and verse 23, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6 and 23 says there's no distinction. And death just means separation. And he's not talking about physical separation of the soul and the flesh here. He's talking about separation from God. He's talking about So to die in my sins is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. There's nothing worse than that. So I'm going to die in my sins unless I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Unless I believe Jesus is the Lord and Christ. I have to believe that. Well, people say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I have all kinds of people tell me I believe in Jesus. And the world today, the religious world today, I just heard someone say it on TV today at the end of their program as I was flipping through television. I just get so burdened with their lives. And what they said, all you have to do is believe in Jesus and accept him as your personal Savior and you'll be saved. That's what I say to that. Just believing isn't enough. I, I can't believe people swallow that. Matter of fact, turn over to James chapter 2. Look at verse 19. I want you to see those who believe in Jesus. Those who believe in God. James 2 and verse 19 says, You believe that God is one. You say, oh, that's great. What company are you with? The demons also believe, and they even have another reaction. They shudder. So if you just believe in God... You're equal with demons. What a wonderful thing, huh? Where do demons spend eternity? The same place you will if your belief is only belief. Jump on down. All the way, the context is 14 through 26. You can read ahead. That would be a good nighttime or bedtime reading. Verse 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead. You been to a funeral? There's no one home. That's a dead person. It's a shed. Well, a body without the spirit is dead. And you know what faith is if it does not have action, if it does not work? Now, I want you to think about that. Faith, you got to hear, and you got to believe. If you even think about it, real belief in itself is work because it's active. You believe that God is one, and you obey him. If you're like the demons, you believe him, but you don't obey him, you're going to spend eternity with him. And the place that they're going to spend eternity is the place that was prepared for the devil, which again is spelled H-E-L-L. Oh, that's serious stuff. I don't want to go there. You know, there's places I don't want to go. I've been fortunate, even on this planet, there's places I've traveled and been to. There's places I've been to I don't want to go back to. They were dangerous. They're bad. There are a lot of other places. I'll, I'll go see that. That was amazing. There are places on this planet right now because of all the conflict. I don't want to go there. I just soon stay away from it. But God gave me sense. Some people threw it out the door, and so they have nonsense. That means they don't have it. And so we look, so we've got to hear. And the second one is we got to believe. I'm hear and believe, and we've got to believe it to the point, the Bible would teach us, that we confess. Always rubs me wrong. It almost gets me more emotional. I'll say, 
well, you know, I really, I'm a Christian. I really don't uh, talk to people like this. Um, my life, my example is how I Your example is you don't talk about Jesus. Well, you know, turn with me to Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read two verses here with you this morning. Again, verses 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. We'll just look at a few verses. Listen to this. This is how important it is for Jesus and who he is to come out of your mouth. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, For if, that means some won't, for if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you have to confess that with your mouth or whatever is going to happen to you, and, we've already covered this, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. To be saved, do you have to believe? Amen. It's impossible to consent to no. To be saved, do you have to confess? Yes. Look what he goes on in verse 10. For with the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, confession resulting in salvation. So it's important. Let me ask you today. We live in a culture and a time that pushes sometimes as Christians we get sucked in and we don't say anything we just don't say anything we just let it go well you're probably not going to make it you probably don't want to go there because it's like this I mean I can't help it if I go to a place and someone's going to tell me I'm telling you what I'm going to get in trouble they were born a guy, and now they say they're a girl. You ain't no girl. You're a guy. Because first of all, to say you're not, you say God messed up. Well, that's impossible. It fits the Bible. That's perverted. Oh, now I'll get in trouble calling a pervert, right? Well, it's perverted from the truth. You know, I guess if you want to say you're eggplant, this will make you eggplant. No, it doesn't. You are what God put you here to be. Suck it up and be what he's told you. Or people say, oh, no, me and this other man, we're married. No, you're not. I don't care what the Supreme Court says, and I don't care what any dignitaries of the United States. I know what God said. God said one man, one woman in the Trinity. Then they have to have the biblical right to be married and divorced. Anything that contradicts that, cannot be true. So don't be shoving that in my face and think, I'm just going to let it slide. So if I was still, I know this, if I was going to a public school today and I was in high school or something, they'd be whipping me down. My mom would have me on the street because I even said stuff back in the 70s, so I know I'm going to say stuff today. Man, I'm old. Okay. But no, you look at that, that's just how it is. And it just, I think I read somewhere you Matter of fact, I, I got to This is how crazy our world is. My son Israel sent this text to me, I think, yesterday. Here's, I'm just going to read this to you. Here's what happened. People are crazy. Okay. A top song out right now is titled, Messy Heaven. I looked it up yesterday. The first verse. I heard Jesus did cocaine on a night out. That's in the first verse. How can this be popular? He 
he said, the world is getting bad. It's not getting bad. It's been bad a long time. But I tell you what, that that is a popular song today with our youth is utterly crazy. Now, let me tell you what. So don't get your faith from songwriters. And Jesus never, first of all, don't get your faith from this. And it's just crazy to think he would do something like that. But even then, Jesus would tell us all kinds of things that we would abstain from. We would abstain from every form or appearance of evil, we would find out from uh, Paul's writings in Thessalonians. I can just think of thing after thing. How ridiculous is this? That's on the cutting edge of Wow. So we've got to confess Jesus, and the world needs to hear about Jesus more now than it ever needed in our lifetime. So turn with me over to Matthew chapter 10. Don't worry, we're going to go over late and have dinner first. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I'll confess him before my Father who's in heaven. I want to stand up and speak out my judgment today because in judgment day I want him standing up and I stand before God Almighty. And if you deny me before men in the next verse, I'll deny you before God. It's just not saying anything, confession or denial. Even silence is a form of confession. Turn over real quick. We'll move through this one real quick. So we're at hear, believe, now we're in confess. Turn with me. To, this is simple. Acts 8, Acts 8 and verse 37. Listen to this. this. This man, this Ethiopian, when he sees water and he's going to be baptized, and he says, look, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Uh, when you look at verse, here's Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, what do you confess? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what you got to confess. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So you must hear the message from God's Word about Jesus Christ. You must believe what the Bible says about Jesus Christ being the Son of God and the Savior of all. And you must confess that with your own mouth. But it doesn't stop there. Because you don't have a clean heart. I think that's why he gave the first five commandments. The next one is a big one. Repent. And a matter of fact, that is the most consistent message from God to mankind from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. Repent. It's the part that many times people like the least. Because repent is just another word for change. And it's a, repentance is a change of mind followed by a change of action. Okay? Jesus would say, listen to this, so no one misses anything. Turn with me to Luke 13. Now I don't have time, much time, so I'm going to fly through this. Verse 3. I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Is that pretty plain? How about if Jesus repeats himself? Go to verse 5. I tell you no, but unless you repent, this serious business. So in Kendall's words, repent or perish is like this, turn or burn. Isn't that what that means? You change your ways or you're going to be lost eternally. Jesus said that. If you don't change, you don't go to heaven. Everyone got things to change in their lives when they become Christians? And do we 
While we're Christians, we have to continue to stay on top of that? Oh, yes. We have to live a life of repentance. You know, some people are sorry for what they did. Is that, an, is that repentance? I'm sorry. But I'm going to hit you in the mouth again, but I'm sorry I did that. That won't work. Some people are sorry they got caught. That's different, too. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10 while we're talking about repentance. You've got to have it or you'll perish. Jesus said so. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 10. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God, when you're sorry about what you did, this according to the will, it produces repentance without regret. So we're going to repent. We're sorry we did it. We're never doing it again. Stop it. That's not doing it. I'm not living that life anymore. That's what repentance is. So let me tell you what, usually before you're a Christian, you don't come to church. When you become a Christian, what do you do there all the time? Before you're a Christian, you don't read the Bible much. After you're a Christian, you read the Bible every day. Before you're a Christian, I ain't giving no money to nobody to come to church and listen to me catch them. After, I'm happy to give whatever I can to see the Lord come and bless me. Wished I had more to give to see the Lord come. Do I need to keep, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Repentance, I'm sorry I did that. I'm not doing that anymore. I am a changed person. You're not going to believe how much change. You're going to see something you're not going to believe. It's going to be as different as, it's going to be as transformational as anything else in your life. It's going to be like a caterpillar to a butterfly. It's hard. You put a caterpillar inside a butterfly, it's hard to believe that came from a tree. It don't even look nowhere close to that. Well, our past and it leads, it doesn't get salvation, it's leading you to salvation. So we got tears, we'll need to confess and repent. Those are leading, you haven't got salvation yet, they're leading to salvation. A lot of people quit there, but they're leading to salvation. Well, people say, you know, I'm not all that bad. I'm really not all that bad. God will let me in because I'm not all that bad. Is that right? Go with me to Acts 17. I'd like to go to 31 too, but we don't have time. Verse 30, i got to be done. Acts 17, 30. Therefore, having overlooked the time of ignorance, God is now declaring, listen to this, to men that all, all people, is that you and me? See how far away that is? All people everywhere, where's that? Everywhere's everywhere, Kendall, don't miss it. All people everywhere repent, and should is not a good word. Must would be better. You can just get rid of should and you can get rid of people because both those aren't in the Greek. It really says, declares to all men that all everywhere repent. That's really how it means. Well, should repent, i tell you how important repentance is. Jesus said, unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. That all is all people everywhere. Well, they didn't know any better. Well, there used to be a time of ignorance, but today they're winked at. Ignorance no excuse. And at best, it's a lame excuse. It won't be accepted. So repent. So we've got to hear, believe, confess, repent. Oh, we're going to get to the thumb. And it's the one that the religious world wants, Christendom world wants to change the most and kick it out the door or make it different. Most people say, 
after they've heard it, after they've believed it, after they confessed it, and after they repented, I'm a Christian now. I don't want to be unkind, but let me tell you, that I didn't come up with that. God did. So look at just a few verses about baptism real quick. Mark 16, verses 16 and 15. Now let me say this before we read this, because I don't want anybody to say I said it wrong. What good is this without these? Okay? So, baptism, we're about to stress it, but before baptism comes, before baptism comes, you must hear it before you're baptized. You must believe it before you're baptized. You must confess it before you're baptized, and you must repent before you're baptized. And then you must be baptized. And it takes all five of those things before you move into a saved condition and become saved. Many people said, well, I was saved here and I was baptized later. Well, did you want to correct me? Now, I'll make that point to you in just a minute, okay? Here first, Mark 16, 15 to 16. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That sounds like the hearing and he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. Does the belief and baptism become before the saved? And then it goes on to say, he that disbelieves shall be condemned. People say, well, it doesn't say he that disbelieves and has not been baptized. Why in the world was he baptized if he hadn't believed? He didn't need to say that. He's already told you belief and baptism precedes saved. So we got to go preach it so someone can believe and be baptized. I always think it's interesting when people say, well, I was baptized to confirm I'd already been saved. Where's that in the Bible? Give it to me. I'd like to read it. I'll read it right now out loud if you want. Well, it's not there. Matter of fact, go to 1 Peter 3.21. This is, I mean, I'm, how can we say plain? 1 Peter 3.21, the purpose of baptism. Corresponding to that, talking about Noah and the flood, the ark, the whole thing. Listen to this. Baptism now, what? I didn't make it up, did I? Baptism now saves you. Does baptism save us? Oh, no, I don't think so. Well, Peter's wrong. Let me tell you. The Holy Spirit can't get it right. I'm going to tell you, whatever comes before it and whatever comes after it, and I'm I'm telling you, that statement stands. Baptism right now saves you. So if you were already saved before you were baptized, does baptism say, no, you were already saved. I'm just confirming I did say it. Well, then this is wrong. This says baptism saves you. Now, let me just mention this real quick. I'm not trying to pick out any, but there's a religion, there are religions that sprinkle water on babies and say they baptize them. I don't have time to get into that. But... And they they become Christians. Is that right? First of all, what what did they hear? Did they believe? What are they they can't talk? They can't confess? Repent? They don't have anything. See, they you're having baptism by itself. Answer the question. What's his hearing? Believing, confessing, repenting, and being baptized. Would have saved you. Of course, it's not a bath. It's not taking water. Dirt off or soap or peeling your eyeballs out. Or 
two more passages, and I'll throw this all together and then end with you. Romans 6, verses 3 and 4. Because if I left this passage out after we said amen, Vernon's going to get mad. Romans 6, 3. No, it's a great passage. It's so, it, I can see why everyone would love this passage. Look what it says here, baptism. Now, I want you to see something about baptism. I'm going to have some questions about it here in just a minute. Here we go, verse 3. Or do you not know that all of us have, all of us, all Christians, all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So I want you to think about this baptism. Is baptism burial? Baptism burial, right? When you're baptized, you're buried. Also, when you're baptized, are you raised? I've baptized a few people. I've been baptized myself. We buried them in water. We raised them up out of water. Then what? Then there has to be a change. You know what? Some people are baptized. They're put under the water, brought out of the water, and they never make it. They still don't see it's got to be all about the Lord, all about Jesus. They left off the repentance part. They didn't change. Jesus said, unless you repent, it will all likely. So don't hear me saying, well, Kendall thinks all this. If you walk away from here and say, Kendall thinks all the thing is important is baptism. I don't know what you heard me say today. And it's recorded. And we can go online in a little while when John uploads that thing. And we can listen to it again and again. I'm telling you what I've learned from the time I was young and thankful I was raised in a situation where people taught the gospel. You must hear the gospel. The Bi- what the Bible says. You must believe what the Bible says about Jesus Christ being the Son of God. You must confess that with your own mouth. You must change your ways and repent. And then you must be baptized to become a Christian. I don't know how to say it any plainer. And I didn't come up with the idea. It's plain. So I got one last question from the Bible before we sing an invitation song. I don't know. There's probably not much of anyone in here that hasn't heard this very thought and this teaching before, is it? And maybe there are some who've heard it but haven't responded and done what it said. All five of those things. So I'm going to ask you a question someone asked someone else. Turn with me to Acts 22 and verse 16. So right after we do this, we're going to sing an invitation song. Dennis picked out. It's a great one for this lesson. Do you, first, let me ask you this. Do you trust God? You know what your response needs to be today? Obey and obey. That's what we're going to sing, trust and obey. When we sing this song, think about that. Do I trust God? Then i got to obey him. Some of the time, all the time, on occasion. Acts 22 and verse 16. Now why do you delay? Or some other translation, what are you waiting on? So if you've not, after hearing the gospel, you believed and have not yet confessed and not yet repented and not yet been baptized, what are you waiting on? Here's what he says to him. Arise, get up, and be baptized. Why? And wash away your sins. And call on them, the Lord, to do that baptism. And wash away. Now let me ask you something. i got to make this point. Could you wash away your sins in baptism if you'd already been saved? 
if you still had your sins, are you saved? That's the point when you go in the water and come out of the water that your sins are removed after you believe and fell and obey. If you need to respond to the gospel call of God, you need to respond to why Jesus came here to save sinners.